everything from the little toe beans to these eerie things to the tail everything on a cat is just perfect it's just cute it's nice it's soft I, I don't know I can't find a flaw in a, in a cat Hey there, welcome to Life Well Loved, the pet well-being podcast brought to you by Bella and Duke. My name's James Marriott, I'm your host, as we adventure into the world of pet ownership with you and your cats and dogs. We'll be sniffing out expert knowledge from people like behaviourists, nutritionists and veterinary professionals as we explore how to do right by our pets covering everything from pet-centered nutrition to how to help them navigate the world around them. So, let's meet today's guest. It is, I think it's about time that I made this confession on the podcast, because I do, I mean, I pretty much love all animals and pets, but I very much fall into the category of being a cat person first and foremost. I do love dogs. I really do. But yeah, more of a cat person. So I'm especially excited for this episode because we are joined today by the kitty boss, aka Cat Lady Justin. Thank you for joining us. It's my pleasure to be here, James, especially finding out now that you're a uh, meow mentor like myself and all my fans, because it's uh, uh, obviously I love all animals. You know, I love cats. I love dogs. Hell, I even like a snake and an iguana. They're all good. I used to have fish, but there's something special about cats or like I like to tell people, I love people, but I love cats even more. Cats are just better, aren't they? It's all right. We can say that. It's fine. You know, between between us and, and our friends that are listening to this, cats are just better. Do you know, I've posited that cats are uh, the perfect creature, if you think about it. They are almost a living stuffed animal. And what I mean by that is not that you should go and start abusing them like a stuffed animal. But I mean, <laughs> if you look at the form and the features of this thing, it doesn't have like an ugly part anywhere. Like, let's face it, a do- my my old boss used to have a dog and I used to take care of him. It was a Hollywood thing. He was a Hollywood celebrity. And so I lived in this mansion and took care of five dogs and everything. This one dog was super friendly. But do you know what? When it rolled over and its penis came out, it wasn't so cute. It was kind of gross. So cats don't have features like that, that you take a look at them and they're like, actually, could you hide that part? Some people say that little walnut they have on their backside, that could be pretty gross. But honestly, is it really? It looks like a walnut. It doesn't look like some kind of red fur burger. It's not that bad. So there is nothing on a cat, a normal cat, healthy cat, of course, that is revolting or kind of a turn off. It doesn't have that. So it literally is everything from the little toe beans to these eerie things to the tail. Everything on a cat is just perfect. It's just cute. It's nice. It's soft. I, I don't know. I can't find a flaw in a, in a cat. I, I can't argue with you. I particularly like, you know, two minutes in, we've we've set a particular bar in terms of the standard of this conversation now. So I'm impressed with that. That's good going. Um, tell us a little bit about your background, because I'm detecting that that's not a British accent there. So tell us, tell us about you. Well, you're very astute, aren't you? Well, so I, <laughs> I'm cosmopolitan, let's just say. Because wherever I go, it seems nobody wants to claim me. I go to the USA, everybody asks me, where are you from? I go to France, and I was born a French citizen, and everybody's like, oh, you're American, l'américain. I come here, and everybody's like, oh, where are you from? So literally, I'm from nowhere. 
I have resided in uh, Nottingham, England, in the UK, or Beeston to be more precise, outside Nottingham, for the past 13 and a half years. So I am more British than I am anything else because I've never lived anywhere this long before. Uh, I am a British citizen. My great grandfather was actually a Viscount, uh, appointed by the made a peer or whatever by the king at the time for do things I'd rather not discuss. Let's just say he was more of the on the nefarious side of historical figures versus a good guy. But that's you know uh, that that's a whole family history, and we could do a whole show on that. But the the thing is, is so I was raised in the United States of America. My mother's French. So my accent was never uh, Californian, dude. It was never Chicago. It was never Detroit. It was never Philadelphia. It was always kind of a mixture accent from a bit of everywhere. And it remains so to this day now that I'm in Nottingham. Eh? Oh, me duck. I was wondering whether you get a me duck in there because, uh, yes, I've, I've, I've many friends from, um, from, from that part of the world. Where, where do we fit cats into this then? So when, when did, um, you first discover your, your passion for, for, for felines? Yeah. So I'm what you call an aliorophile. Now, I don't know if you know what that word is. Uh, it's a bit highbrow and I'm not trying to be all arrogant and educated or anything, but that's the word for cat lovers. It's the scientific term. So you can be a, uh, file, like a bibliophile, if you love books or, uh, various other files that are not so nice, or you can be an aliorophile, which means you love cats. So I've, I've always, I was born love. I was an Egyptian in a past life. So I have loved cats for eons and eons. Um, that's a joke, but so, uh, but my family have always also loved cats. So my father grew up with cats. He was a doctor until he retired this year. And he would tell me stories of his cat, uh, Mr. Cats, or whatever its name was, and, and how it would sit there as he would study his medical books. And all he had to do every time was look up real quick and the cat would flip the pages for him. So he had a brilliant cat. Uh, my mom grew up with cats and dogs and chickens and everything. And so, so we always loved cats. And I grew up with cats. We had a cat, Leah, a cat, Iggy. Uh, so it's something that has been in the family and I have never known life without cats except for a brief decade, uh, where I was catless and miserable and insane. Uh-huh. So, uh, uh, as I was moving and transitioning between countries and continents, a cat was not, you know, in the, in the cards, let's just say. But other than that, I have, I've kind of not known what life is like without a cat and I couldn't imagine it without a cat actually, uh, uh, except maybe misery. I, like I said, I like dogs and I can picture myself having a dog one day. Uh, but cat, I could absolutely never picture my life without a cat ever again. It would be Aww. very, very unhappy. That's, that's, that's sweet. I like that. Um, at what point did you realize that um, loving cats was not just kind of like a, a hobby, that this could be mm-hmm. your, your life? Yeah, so that's a that's a great question because well, when do you cross the line from cat lover to cat expert? Let's just say, well, it's it's when I realize that some of the things that I uh, preach and teach are transferable and duplicatable. So it's not just I am like the doctor doodle of cats or some cat whisperer right, or have magic powers. Although you know that's probably true. Uh, there's also some principles. There's also some basic ideas that are. Uh, not necessarily original with me because you can find them most likely on the internet. There's no original ideas anymore, but that I can save you 
uh, or anyone really, the, I don't know, 10 to 15 year learning curve of picking your cat from hell and then having to suffer through that. As you know, that's a great show, but most cats are not like that. <laughs> and, uh, and so I realize that there, there are some principles out there. And if I can sift, sort and separate all the junk that's out there on the internet and show people what works and omit everything that's questionable or extra and, and save you money and time, then I should do that because I've raised uh, cats. I've reared cats now for my entire life, as have my parents. So uh, I'm not saying this is like proprietary information that you will never find anywhere else on planet Earth. In the many thousands of years that cats have been domesticated, all of these things are out there. Uh, but there's also a lot of stuff out there that's unnecessary, that's going to cost a lot of money, or that just plain doesn't work. Um, and the other thing is cats are very individual pets. They're VIPs, as we know. And and so what works for one cat might not work for another cat. And the other thing I'd like to make sure that everybody understands is that dogs are wonderful. They're very healing. They're great. They're wonderful pets. But they're much more cookie-cutter uh, animals where you can really generalize about a breed or this, and what works for one dog really works for most dogs. Whereas cats, on the other hand, you can make some broad generalizations about this breed or that breed, but actually what works for one cat might work for other cats, but there's very little things that you can say, oh, it'll work for most cats, like buttering their paws when they travel, for example. That does work for some cats. You put butter on their paws, they pay more attention to it, they lick it a little bit, it greases them up a bit, and they're happy to travel. But will that work for most cats? Mm -mm, no. So it's really important to separate that out. And I'm on a mission to help a million more cats get adopted. And all those lonely, you know, closet cat people find a lifetime of unconditional love. In order to do that, we need to make it easy for people. So if you think you can't have a cat because it's going to be too expensive and too time consuming, then I need to dispel that myth and show people the easy way to have a cat and just enjoy it. Because there are too many cats out there who need adoption to worry about perfectionism. So you, you, nobody will be, very few people do what I do with my cats. However, I can show you the easy way so that we can have people adopting a cat and we can have those cats be adopted. I think that's really important and a huge priority. And uh, that's kind of my mission. And it came about because I just couldn't continue to watch these things on social media, whether it's a video or posts of this cat needing adopting, this cat needing, it just started to break my heart. I would literally have yeah. tears. I would adopt them all, honestly, if I could. I have two. That's a great number for me. I'd like to have more, maybe three, four, five as time goes on. But honestly, uh, th th what's more relevant is the fact that I can't adopt a thousand cats or a hundred cats, you know, as big as my house is. <laughs> so, so I think that's, uh, that's an issue. And so how am I going to make an impact on it? Rather than feeling bad or depressed or cry about it, I thought, let me try and do something about it because it's going to help the animals, but it's also going to help the people. And we can talk a little bit about how and why that's true in a minute, but it'll help the people and really help them to heal and to all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I was I was grinning from ear to ear when you were talking there about when you say, well, I'll have a hundred if I could do. 
I look forward to us repeating this conversation in 30 years' time, and we'll see how many cats you have then, because I wouldn't be surprised if it's triple figures at all. Would not be surprised. <laughs> right. This is, uh, this is a really, I think this is a hard question, but what do you think the best thing is about owning a cat? It's, uh, and to be fair, this, this podcast is about pets or, you know, cats and dogs, as we know. It's a life well loved and, and, you know, it's, uh, associated with uh, Bella and Duke, the finest cat food and probably dog food, but I have cats, like I said, that you could ever lay your hands on. And I'll tell you why I say that in a minute, because I don't say that just randomly because I feel it. I say it because I, I actually have evidence in the form of a meowing, Amazing. you know, a lovely piece of thing I got. Was, uh, hold on. I'm just looking. Charlotte? <laughs> She's not here right now. But anyway, so I've got the evidence. But um, but yeah, I mean, the you're asking me what's the one best thing about owning a cat. That's like asking that's like me asking you what's the one best thing about uh, having a child. I mean, really, one best thing. Uh, if I had to say that, it would be what I what I said earlier. It will uh, give you a lifetime of unconditional love. It's lifetime, obviously, because. Most of the time, you're going to outlive the cat unless you're an elderly person adopting a senior cat, which is ideal. So perhaps it won't last as long as you because senior cats have as much love to give as junior cats do. They just have less time. But in any case, um, it's probably that lifetime of unconditional love that they'll give you if you pick the right cat the right way and uh, out of respect and admiration for all the fosters, carers, rescuers out there. I have to say, I'm not targeting that population because in order to make a dent in this, you know, in in getting a million cats adopted, because there's so many who need adopted, uh, I can't focus on those very, very hard ones to do because there's people who are Mm. more qualified than me in that aspect, you know, behaviorists and people who are really experts in the difficult cats who need uh, a lot of time and attention because you can definitely do that. You could get a cat that's, you know, completely antisocial and turn that thing around and make it the most loving creature in the world. But that takes a lot of time and effort. And so uh, to make it easy for people, I'm focusing on, on the easy way. And so the best thing about owning a cat is that once you, you get them to that point where you've imprinted on each other, because uh, we say our little strap line, how to pick, pamper, and protect your practically perfect pussycat for a lifetime of unconditional love. So it's how to pick the practically perfect pussycat for you and how to pamper your pets so they you imprint on each other. And so once you get to that point, and that can be very quickly, or like I said, if you're a rescuer, it might take a long time. But once you get to that point, it gives you a lifetime of unconditional love at which point you need to protect your pet properly for the lifetime of unconditional love. But again, that's probably a whole other show. So for us, it's really that love that it gives you. And is it the only animal that can do that? No, but that's the best thing about owning a cat or owning a pet in general is that uh, generally the love is not conditional. People say, oh yeah, well you feed it and you do these things for it. Yeah, but that's the trick is your actions of feeding the cat make you fall in love with it again and again every day. Because like relationship experts say, if you don't create your relationship again and again every day, it eventually goes away. And so it's the same thing is true with your pet. You have to do the love. And that's what makes you fall in love with it. It's not, it's not just thankful because you fed it. 
And all the people who say, oh, yeah, it's just giving you that love or that attention or that purr or that cuddle or whatever because it's wanting food, that's baloney. I've, I've proven that to myself and others hundreds of times with Emily and Charlotte where they're giving me fuss and love and it has nothing to do with food because they're not hungry. It's not near dinner time. It's, it's not, it's just literally they want the attempt. They want the love, the exchange and all of that. And so to me, that's sort of the best thing that you have is that energy exchange with this creature that is elevating your energy and lowering your stress levels. And maybe actually the best thing about cats is the fact that they're the only animal vegetable, insect, mineral, whatever. They're the only thing on earth that I know of that emits a sound, a vibration that oscillates at a frequency that has been proven in many university studies and scientifically proven to lower the cortisol levels of a human. In other words, that's the stress hormone to reduce your stress. A dog is great. Playing with it is awesome. However, and so is playing with a cat. The dog doesn't start vibrating and then lower, measurably lowering your stress hormone levels. Only a cat starts doing that, you know, that vibration. So, <laughs> I saw a video once of somebody who's, their cat started vibrating for the first time. And they said, is my cat broken? Is something wrong with it? They didn't know what it was doing. <laughs> but, uh, but the cats do that and it, it heals you. And that may actually be. The real answer to what the best thing about a cat is, is that it actually can heal you both physically and emotionally with its vibration, its purr. That was, uh, that's a brilliant answer. It's a very wholesome answer as well. I, I'm going to come at this from a slightly different angle. So I think the best thing about having a cat mm-hmm. is at some point, if you have some kind of glass vase or fruit bowl it will climb in it and it will turn itself into this little cat bowl thing um and it's there's videos of it all over the internet cutest thing in the world cat in a bowl uh, that i think is the best thing about owning a cat which <laughs> which leads me on to my next question because actually that's not really the best thing about um owning a cat but cats do daft things you know cats have loads of personality bags of personality you touched on this earlier about you know finding the right mm-hmm. cat for for you which is it's about personalities matching because mm-hmm. um they they vary wildly um, and that does mean that cats can do rather silly things sometimes what's the stupidest thing that one of your cats has ever done oh that's a actually a really good question because uh my cats are pretty uh intelligent and pretty brilliant and they haven't done that many stupid and silly things. Um, oh, wow. I, I would say the the silliest thing that Charlotte's done is she likes to to climb on the railing in my bedroom. So I have a, I have a third-story bedroom, which is in a loft. And so there's a railing to put in, in a winding staircase, which I have fallen down, not drunk. I have just slipped down there because I was in socks. And anyway, uh, so she she likes to walk on that sometimes. And on two occasions, she has, uh, you know, I keep saying, oh, my God, Charlotte, get down from there. Get down from there. I see her all of a sudden, whoop, and I hear a big <laughs> thud at the end. She's fallen. Uh, and it's always a worry because, uh, you know, I don't want her to get injured or anything. She, luckily, knock on wood, she never was injured by that. But the stupidest thing she's done is walking on this railing and clumsy slipped down and fallen down off the railing. So I think to me, that's probably the stupidest thing that Charlotte's done. Emily, on the other hand, 
do you know, I can't think of anything silly or stupid that Emily has done. I mean, when she was a kitten, she'd do cute things, lots of little cute things like crawl on top of the clothes that are hanging. So she's on the hanger going like this. She's a little kitten. That's not stupid. It's it's just cute. So, uh, or she'd go and pick strawberries out of a glass that I was trying to eat. And it's like, here she is like strawberries and all that. So, so they have these cute little quirks, but she's pretty, she's pretty cautious as far as, uh, as far as that goes, where Charlotte's a little bit less cautious and a little bit more clumsy. So I think Charlotte's the one that really would have a, a decent answer to that question. Yeah. None of us would ever want to see our cats you know, hurt themselves, but cats falling off things is it's kind of amusing isn't it because cats are super cool as well so when a cat (laughs) slips and falls and it does that kind of like hey it's fine this is what i meant to do it's all right i love that i love that about cats like they are the coolest characters they really are um you touched a little bit on talking about raw food Mm -hmm. um and that's something i wanted to explore a little bit more with you obviously um you mentioned bella and duke it would be great to hear a bit more about yeah. your thoughts about the the products, and you you know, you, yeah. you said that you know, you you feel that you've 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 had you've proved to yourself the the value in in feeding raw. We've we've obviously talked a lot about raw on previous podcasts, but it's been very much kind of dog orientated. Yeah, so I'll tell you what it's done for my cats in particular, because uh, it's it's why I had uh, the founder of Bell and Duke on my podcast, the Kitty Boss, because I just uh, couldn't believe. I never imagined that just changing their diet would solve all of these health issues. So both my cats, both Emily and Charlotte, have had dandruff since they were kittens. And Emily is now going to be 12 this month at the end of the month. and Charlotte's going to be 10 in September. So they're not young cats. And so, so you can imagine it's a problem that they've had for a while. And I have tried everything I could imagine. I have tried homeopathic remedies. I have tried uh, premium cat food. Like I've never bought them cheap cat food, to be honest. Always organic. And I'm not going to name the names because I don't want to insult any because they're all good. Uh, But I've tried them all. I've tried different supplements, different remedies. Nothing has worked. And I used to brush Charlotte Every single day. So Charlotte's a long hair. Emily's a short hair. So Emily didn't need that much brushing, but Charlotte every single day. And despite that, she would have knots and mats. And I got a furbinator to get the knots out, cut them out basically. And one time I had to take her to the vet and it cost me 60 pounds to have a little shave to get the mat out. It was that nasty. That's a lot of money. And so I uh, never imagined that I would solve this problem because it's just going to be a problem for their whole lives. Finally, I decided to take up uh, the offer for Bella and Duke because they have this sort of no-brainer offer that you'd be an idiot to pass up because it's cheaper than two weeks of cat food at home bargains, uh, poison, you know. So it's cheaper than that. It's the two weeks trial offer. So. So I, I now offer that to everyone at, at the Kitty Boss. So my Kitty Boss website, thekittyboss.com, has a forward slash Bella Duke because I want everyone to try it because you got nothing to lose, literally nothing to lose because it's cheaper than home bargains. So I took that up. I was like, okay, I'll try it. Worst case scenario, this amount of money is not a big deal. Everyone can afford it, uh, even me. <laughs> and the worst case <laughs> scenario is it'll be some food waste. 
because it's again raw food so there's no way i can put it in the donation boxes at tesco it's just it's going to be food waste which is sad but it's worth a try if they hate it oh well so i tried it luckily my cats did not take you know five ten days to transition they transitioned in three and so i transitioned them from their existing food to fully bella and duke in three days not only do they love the food now, because they used to eat the food, nibble it, leave it, and basically, you know, five, six hours later, it was gone. By the time dinner came around, breakfast was gone. But uh, it took a while. Bella and Duke, they devour it. I can go and wash up the plates within 10, 20 minutes of serving. So they devour it. So not only do they do that, but within the three days, meaning even before fully transitioning, Within the three days, the dandruff disappeared, and it hasn't come back. It's been about a year now. It hasn't come back. But even better than that, Charlotte has not had a single knot or mat or anything in her long hair fur for a year. Since, I mean, since switching the food. So that's a year. Now, here's the thing. That's incredible. How many times a day or a week do you think I brush Charlotte now? Yes, uh, a couple of times a week. No, <laughs> you're wrong. And, and, and my PA who was, who was over here last week kept saying how gorgeous her fur is. In fact, I, I had a PA here right before uh, at the house to help out with some stuff right before recording this podcast. She's also, and it was a substitute because my other one was busy. She's like, I, I can't, uh, you're, yeah, should they have beautiful coats? And oh my God. So I had her guess how many times, you know, I brush Charlotte. I don't brush Charlotte now more than twice a month once or twice a month and she doesn't really need it it's just because i like doing it so uh and because i have the damn brushes and emily loves being brushed oh my god you start brushing emily and she goes crazy and you can never stop but uh but once or twice a month now the key to remember here is this is a long hair cat who used to have mats knots and dandruff who now has not had a single one of those issues no shaving needed and no brushing needed at all for a long hair cat. Everyone finds that shocking because she's a long hair cat and everyone knows you got to brush a long hair cat at least a few times a week. I don't brush her more than once or twice a month. And it's all happened since I switched. the. I've not switched anything else. I've stopped. In fact, the other supplements and all the other crap I was doing. It's just that food switch. And so that to me is proof positive of the effects of the diet that is best for them. It's made all the difference in their health. And as I mentioned, they're senior cats now and they don't behave like senior cats. They don't behave at all. Like they don't look like it. Their eyes are, don't look like it. Their fur, their coats and their skin and their teeth. They've had gingivitis also, and that went away. So that's another story <laughs> in and of itself. So, uh, but I do still brush their teeth every day because the vet says to do that. So I brush their teeth. So, but but I believe it's the Bella and Duke that's made the difference. But the fur is the one that I can't get over, and it's the reason that I'm such an evangelist for Bella and Duke food. And if only this was available in the United States, because with the Kitty Boss, I'm actually because you know I live in the UK, but. Americans, so I have a large audience there. I wish you could ship over to the USA, but because there is, in as far as I can tell, no equivalent to this level of quality care and attention to the food 
And it's probably why this food itself is healing without extra medication or supplements or anything. The food itself is healing to my cats. And so I encourage, of course, everyone to to not even consider something else because I'm sure there's, again, like I said, the other companies with their organic food or their gently steam cooked or this, that, they're good. I'm not saying they're bad. They're good food. There are a lot of, a lot of good companies out there, but there is only one that is completely makes all the difference and, and is transformative uh, in terms of the health for the cats. That, that really is amazing to hear because that is, you know, it, 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 you mentioned, you used the word, um, you know, transformation in there a few times and it, it, it really came across like that, that, you know, we're talking kind of, you know, black and white stuff that it's just, you know, such a major difference that you saw, which is fantastic. I kind of feel like we could probably chat until we're both sat pretty much in the dark. Like we could do this for hours. Um, but there is, there's, there's one more question that I want to ask you, which is actually just going backwards a, a little, because you talked about your mission in terms of um, adoption and uh, what you're trying to achieve there. And so I want to, I guess, give you a chance just to give us a, a little bit of a pitch really in terms of if there's anyone listening that maybe hasn't considered it before or maybe thought, but mm, not sure if it's quite right for 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 me what would you say to someone to um you know appeal to them to 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 consider adopting yeah so i mean like i said uh it's it's the mission of the kitty boss in general so really realistically anybody who's considering it but is uh still on the fence thinks it's going to be too expensive and too time consuming which is generally most people's arguments i don't have the time i don't have the money uh, and I want to dispel some of those myths and rumors. And obviously, you know, cat food is a consideration. But as you know, there are ways to make even Bella and Duke affordable to any budget, because even 20 percent of this feeding will start to have some of the benefits. You don't have to go 100 percent like I did. But anyway, uh, uh, what you asked me is is what I would say to them. I would say to them, first and foremost, just follow uh Cat Lady Justin, uh, the kitty boss, find us on social media. You can't miss it. It's me with Emily on my shoulder generally as the profile picture. Uh, and so I would say that's the first thing to do because I will, uh, I regularly bring on guests and talk about issues around cats and all of that. Um, I also have the kittyboss.com website, which currently you can go on and there's a landing page and you can sign up and you can get a, a sort of a, a free e ebook, a free report, let's just say, which is uh, almost like your cat quick start guide, which, uh, which is basically just the 10 essentials, the 10 things that you really do need uh, to have a cat. Of course, I go on later into bigger details about uh, exceptions to the rules and nuances and all that. But, you know, we're here to hold your hand every step of the way. So let's say there's uh, an issue that comes later that it's unforeseen because nothing's perfect in this world if you expect perfection or a hundred percent that doesn't exist that's a theory in that that we're aiming towards but it's not a real reality so let's say something happens it's unforeseen i've got an army of behaviorists that can help uh some of them even offer their services completely free of charge as a sort of their benevolence to mankind or humankind sorry and, and, and other experts, you know, energy experts, if you're into energy work. I, I, I have got a lady that I talk to who does energy work on cats, on their chakras. Uh, uh, and that's amazing when you when you see what it does. So everything from the, the very scientific to the more uh, complementary type of modalities, for the lack of a better word, uh, we've got an army of people. So I present all of that 
to uh, on a regular basis. And it's all sat there on my social media. You can see it now. And, and I keep bringing new ones on a regular basis, including food people and all that. So I do have suggestions for the USA even. So, I mean, the big suggestion would be to just follow us and then sign up to our list. I have a promise that I make to everybody because as a business professional in, in my, uh, like, let's say, day job, uh, I uh, know that my uh, inbox uh, is loaded with spam. I mean, I, I spend, I, I, I don't even want to think about how much time I spend just going tick, tick, tick to delete things. So my promise to everybody is I don't turn your inbox into a litter box. (laughs) So I'm Mm -hmm. not going to be emailing you every day, no matter what Russell Brunson says. I'm not going to email you every day. I hate that. Only positive and pertinent stuff as and when it's relevant. So to date, I think I've emailed the list once uh, because the next big thing will be the launch of the Kitty Boss book, which is not the free report. It's not the quick start guide. It's the more nuanced, lengthy story. Uh, that will have a cost to it. And once I'm, I'm done refining it and publishing it, I'll announce it to everyone and people can choose to buy it or not. And that's when, you know, you'll really learn sort of what I call the easy way to adopt the cat. Cause that's when I'll teach all of the principles all at once, all in there, basically taking my life's work and knowledge and transferring it to you, to a person. But that's later down the road. For now, you can, you can have the free quick start guide pop there what you have is the chance to connect to a community of what I like to call meow mentors. In other words, all of us in that community have something to offer in terms of guidance, uh, advice, teaching about cats. That's why I say we're all meow mentors. If you join that community, you'll start to get a sense of what it means to own a cat, what, what it could bring to your life, as well as how easy it might actually be. That's what I would say to someone who is listening, (laughs) which I think is kind of a long shot because I don't think most people who are not interested in, in other words, the audience here on this podcast are people who are already sold on the fact that we love these animals, whether it's cats, dogs, or whatever. So, uh, but anyway, if if they happen to catch this one, uh, I I would invite anyone. And if you're already a cat owner, actually, I invite you to to join this community because it's a very spam free thing. And it's very much uh, with a lot of experts. It's, it'd be good in alignment with uh, a life uh, well loved in terms of the podcast community, as well as Bell and Duke's sort of pages on social media. This works really well together because we embrace cats. Obviously, if you hate cats and uh, you really like only That's dogs and you don't understand, then no, don't don't follow me. Because if, if you're like Seth MacFarlane from Family Guy, he seems to not really like cats. Don't, don't. It will just annoy you because we are all cat people. But if you're a cat person, I think we have a lot to offer in our community. I can't fathom the idea that anyone would not want more cats on their social media feed. It's just <laughs> alien to me. I don't, I don't I, I, um, I'm with you 100%. I'm with you 100%. It's been a real pleasure chatting. Uh, I, I would happily chat all day long. Um, I'm not allowed to have favourites, but you are my favourite <laughs> guest that we've had on. We will be getting you on again. It's been a real pleasure, Justin. Thank you ever so much. I'm honoured and grateful. Thank you, James. Well, that wraps up this episode of Life Well Loved. Thank you very much for listening. You can find out more about us at bellaandduke.com and don't forget to hit follow so you get all our new episodes every fortnight. Thanks for listening. I look forward to seeing you again soon.